The Money Show. Shapeshifters. What's the first thing that happens when you go to hospital? You get a drip inserted. They put it into the top of your hand. They find a big uh, vein and they put the drip in so they can easily administer medication to you. You stay hydrated. Last uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went voluntarily for a drip, and I must admit to being quite circumspect. Um, IV bars are nothing new. You go into a nice room, you sit in a comfy chair, and a nurse comes along and sticks the needle in, and they pump you full of vitamins and minerals. Now, this particular IV bar, it's called the IV Bar Group, is the brainchild of Kerry Rudolph. She's the founder and chief executive of IV Bar Group. She started a business that so far has got 20 franchises, and here is the best bit. It hardly cost her any of her own money to set it up. Now, picture the scene. In a room, sun shining through one set of windows. There's some nurses bustling about. You'll hear them in the background. And at some point, they can insert a needle into me. But let's hear from Kerry Rudolph first. So how's it, Bruce? So divine to have you here. And you see, you were a little anxious about what it would feel like. I was not anxious. I'm a very brave and tough individual. (laughs) It's very gentle. This is what our nurses do all day, and they are brilliant professional nurses, so it will not hurt. Um, Right, so as you rightly said, I come from an investor relations, PR, marketing um, background, and a few years ago I got divorced and decided to have a little bit more flexibility for my kids, so got out of corporate and started my own business. So I used to drip with my doctor. Uh, I used to drip, I used to, I loved the benefits of it, it made me feel amazing, but I didn't like the experience. It would take you a week to get an appointment, you'd sit at the back of a doctor's room, nurses struggled to find your veins, drip would take you two hours, so the whole process was quite unpleasant. So my idea was to rather put it into an environment which felt, which looked amazing, where your experience would match the benefits. No, but the, the environment feels, again, I don't like to show off, but I do spend time at the slow lounge sometimes. Um, it feels a bit slow loungy. That's exactly right. So, is that worrying you? No, not at all. Um, don't it, 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 I, I'm sitting here with Kerry. I'm, there yeah. are, are two nurses who, if this was in America, if I was in America, I'd be worried that this was going to be my final moment. Um, but we are getting injections put into a, I'm assuming it's a saline drip. That's right. And these are injections of vitamins and potions, and there's right. been a yellow one. This yes. is a red one. Okay. Oh, so, my goodness. Great. We'll get to the detail in a moment. Okay. Then we'll tell you exactly what Go back to in. origination, Kerry. Right. Don't be distracted. So, okay. So we, I decided to start something where the environment would look great. I loved a slow lounge environment. I loved a Starbucks environment. So for me, I created a lounge where it literally felt like Starbucks meets slow lounge. So you spot on. We wanted people to feel very relaxed when they walk in. It's a tranquil spot. You can have a cappuccino. Um, we often have someone doing a foot massage at the same time. So while we take the retail side of it very carefully and very seriously, the medical side is obviously our, it's so important. So but you're not a doctor. You're not, you're not a registered medical person no. by any stretch. So there seems to be a, a disconnect there. Yes. So I am not a doctor. And our franchisees don't need to be doctors, which is the beauty of it. It but looks you... like urine now. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like I'm being filled with pee. Anyway, sorry, carry on. That's your banana drip. That's your, your Myers cocktail, which originated in the 1960s, by the way, just in case you think it's a new thing. So we'll tell you about that. So um, I have got, we've got a chief medical officer. And we've got a couple of doctors that are on our, you know, our uh, uh, medical board. So they actually consult to us. 
We then outsource everything to a company called Fagron. They do all our vitamins and minerals at the perfect dosage that it needs to be. That's completely safe. And then we've obviously got our registered nurses who have all worked in hospitals. Um, in Oh, I can taste it straight away. You'll see if you can actually taste it. People often say, can you taste it or can you smell it? I find you can both it. You can taste and smell. Um, that's the bees that goes in. So I can smell vitamin B, definitely. Yes. Yeah, that's the bees that's going in. Exactly. Is it flowing nicely? Okay, so my whole idea was, yes, to create that lounge environment that really would give people that peace of mind when they're going into it. Uh, so, so, okay, so, yes. the, so the origination of the idea is, this is from personal experience, you decided that you wanted to share this experience. Exactly. You then, how do you start the first one? Because this is a, an expensive operation to set up. There's big rentals, you're in big shopping centres, you've got to be accessible uh, to the general public who are walking by on a daily basis or want to find safe parking and can come in to you. How does it start out? Okay, so we started in a doctor's room in Bluebird Shopping Centre in Melrose North. My initial investment was about 40,000 Rand. That was all. I built a small little room in the back of a doctor's room. And we felt that we needed to be in a doctor's room at that stage for a little bit more credibility. Now, bear in mind, this is five years ago. So, five years ago, um, this wasn't really heard of in South Africa. So it's been around for many, many years, but um, still relatively new in this country. So in those days, we wanted to be in a doctor's room, had a small little office there, and that's what my initial investment was. I uh, went and bought my first box of vitamins from the compounding pharmacy, cost 25,000 rand. I could not believe it. I thought it was just ridiculously expensive for this tiny little box. And half of them landed up expiring and had to throw away because it was still so quiet at that stage. So, of course, being um, used to being in corporate, I was petrified. So for the first six months of running this business, I used to hop back in and out of corporate. So I was, I was so scared of not making money. I was a single mom, you know, come from a corporate salary, knew it would work eventually, but, you know, a few grand here and there wasn't going to pay the bills. But absolutely, this is a transition, and I think that's the great problem so many people face when they yes. are starting out, is that at what point does the side hustle become the main hustle? At what point do you pay enough attention to your day job and then enough attention to the hustle as well? And, and you went back, I suppose, contracting on projects exactly so you weren't being right dishonest it. to a boss no. uh, and, and lying and cheating about uh, that I have to go see the doctor again. No. Have, my doctor's helping me set up my business. Ex- then, exactly. Yeah. So, I was, so I started this with the idea of doing it full-time initially. And for the first month, and I'm quite an impatient person, so after a month when the money wasn't flowing, I started you know, panicking, which is what we've learned over time. It doesn't work like that. So I did exactly that. I'd go and contract and do some communications consulting. But then what I realized is the minute I kind of focused on something else, this would dwindle. And the minute I focused on it 100%, it would fly. So after about, it was about five, six months, I decided that's it. I need to give it all I've got. In fact, um, after about four, five months, when I was first thinking, is this going to work, isn't it? I turned around to a client and I said, please just pay me 50,000 Rand. Take the business away from me. Just read whatever I've paid in it, just please just take it. I was just too, you know, I thought it wouldn't make money. And eventually I thought, just, you know what, focus. And I did. We then went into a bigger room and then we built this beautiful spot um, where you're sitting now, which is 146 square meters, and it was all funded by franchises that were coming on board. 
Okay, we get to the franchise idea in a moment because mm. businesses are expensive to start. They're expensive right. to capitalize. You either have to give away shares in your business to investors who then will pressure you and lean on you and, 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 and require returns from you over a period of time. Or you go to a bank and get an expensive loan or, you know, exactly. you, you know friends, fools and family. And it, it's a really difficult thing to do. You've done this on a very capital-like basis. You have invested 50,000 rand of your own money. It's unbelievable, really. And today you're sitting with 20 franchise operations in your network. Just a potted history of how that happened. Right. I think it's mainly because I'm more conservative. So a lot of people suggested at the beginning get some funding and rather open your own Ivy bars. And that way you will... You know, then you're obviously getting more of the profit that's coming with it. You can manage the managers that are in there. Franchising can be a little bit difficult because you're not managing employees. It's people that are, have got their own businesses. They're each entrepreneurs in their own way. But I was too conservative to do that. I didn't want to go and lend money. It just wasn't my way. So the easiest way for me was to start franchising. So I did. So very, very. What do you know on. about franchise? What did you know about franchise? Very little at the beginning. So I got a franchise expert that obviously came on and helped us draft the whole business model, got the right lawyers involved that would obviously put together our franchise agreements. And then we've had various um, franchising experts that have consulted to us over the years. So one of them was Ian Fur, who was the founder of Sorbet. And he is a remarkable individual. Absolutely. And I'm sure he's incredibly helpful. Absolutely. And then in more recent times, uh, Rudy Rudolph, who's the ex-CEO of Sorbet for many, many years. It's a, it's a remarkably similar, it's a, it's a lifestyle business, isn't well, that's it? that's exactly it, it. You go to a Sorbet to be plucked and, and, and rubbed and massaged and feel better about yourself, get your nails painted, things like that. Yes. And this kind of, by, and we'll explain what it does in a moment, but uh, this is designed to make you feel better and more energized and more... That's it. Look, feel, to grab and the day. perform better, yeah. which is exactly what we say. So it is similar, very similar in a way, um, very similar LSM that we look at for that. So uh, they shared a lot of incredible knowledge. I mean, Rudy grew, you know, sorbet from five sorbets to 213 sorbets. So um, not to say we're going to have 213 RV bars, I'm not sure it's the same business model. Um, it's a little bit more niche than that. Mm -hmm. But what we found, so we've never advertised franchising ever. From the very beginning, it was always clients that would come in, sit and love it, and then turn around and say, I'd like to buy a franchise. So that's how we started. So there were money that came in from um, franchise deposits. I then had, was able to build Bluebird. Um, and I was able to build Bryanston and Seapoint. So those were our three corporate head office-owned stores. The rest were, were then all franchises. And after, it was only recently, after about four years, I decided to sell the head office stores so that I could focus on franchising. I found it too difficult to be a franchisee and a franchisor, probably also because I'm a little bit of a control freak and, and hands-on and, you know, I like to do everything myself. So... I needed to grow the group. I needed to focus on growing that group. It's a big um, uh, land grab at the moment. You know, we kind of started, we weren't the first in this country. There were one or two before us, but quite a different business model. A lot more expensive, a lot more for the, the stars and the celebs and the tourists. Uh, we wanted to make it much more affordable. So that's why we went into shopping centers where people could mm. find us. And, um, you know, it, yeah, it was much more affordable for people and focused on franchising but a lot of people copied us at the beginning the money show shapeshifters talking to ivy boss uh, kerry rudolph and we have got vitamins coursing through our veins as our conversation continues
At the beginning, and I think every single franchise does this, when people would sit here and say, oh, I love this idea, I want to buy a franchise, anybody that wanted my brand, I was like, oh my God, amazing, here, take it, take it. The biggest mistake Robbie Brosen and Fernando mm-hmm. Duarte made in the early stages of Nando's was precisely that. There were South Africans who were emigrating saying, oh, can I take Nando's to Australia? Of course you can, off yeah. you go. Disaster. They nearly withdrew from Australia. Similar things in Canada, I think, as well, where well-meaning, very nice people who loved the taste of the chicken were just Mm -hmm. rubbish. They didn't have any local business contacts. They didn't know anything about the environment they were going into. And it was a shambles. And the choice of partner, and it is a partnership. It's a partnership, absolutely. Is absolutely critical, isn't it? That's it. We actually call them franchise partners. So they, it is critical. It's like a marriage. You know, it's getting into either a business or a marriage. You've got to like each other. So... You know, you've got to know that you can work together. And obviously, head office from our side, there's a lot that we are responsible for and we need to support them. But the franchisee has to do their bit as well. So when we we made that mistake at the beginning, we found people that we either didn't have much business experience um, or much retail experience and or, or no financial experience, couldn't even read their income statements or didn't know how to cash up. All those that just wanted to get the idea and then kind of defranchise and try and do their own thing. So we learned the hard way at the beginning. And then we got a lot stricter and we've got very, very strict process in place. So the first point is you go onto the website. There's an online application form, which is our initial screening. There's a prospectus there as well, which you can download. So it'll tell you everything about the business and all the costs. If they pass that initial screening, we then invite them to a presentation. We then present more information, financial information, or the startup costs of the business and how it all works. And if they are interested from that, we then give them a much more detailed application form and a credit check. So we really make them jump through a few hoops, which we think is the right way to do it. If you're not prepared to jump through the hoops, are you going to be prepared to run a business? We then do a one-on-one interview with them as well, with all of our head office team, and we will then base that on more of a chemistry session. So yes, there's the business experience. Yes, they do they have the money for it, but is it the type of person that we want to work with? And then they can go ahead. Once we approve them, they pay a small commitment fee, which comes off their franchise fee, which is refundable mm-hmm. if they change their mind. But they need some skin in the game. And then we, uh, we select the site together with them. There are 20 IV bars so far. We're about to open our 20th IV bar. How yes. big is the market? The market is huge. Natasha Sidor has always set a, a ceiling for Tasha's at 20 in South Africa. She's close to that now, and she's right. in Dubai now, and UKing, and doing all sorts of other crazy things. Yes. Um, how big is this market for you? So I believe we've just scratched the surface. I believe we're just at the start of the growth trajectory in this country. We've probably tapped into 1%. It's a niche market because it is obviously your upper LSM, people that do have the disposable income. But COVID did us a favor in a way. Much more people are, when we opened six Ivy bars flat bang during the pandemic, oh, well which done. shows you that it's a time yes business. Mm. So much more people are aware of their health, their wellness, their beauty than they ever have been before. And it's actually called the lipstick syndrome. When things are going bad and things are going tough, there's a recession, you know, there's the load shedding, everyone's feeling a, a little bit horrible about themselves and the country or whatever it is. Um, what do they spend on? They spend to make sure that they're healthy and that they've got the energy to exercise and work and manage their stress levels. And it is to uh, to look good, to look better. Except in this pandemic, everyone was wearing masks. So lipstick sales yeah. fell. <laughs> Um, that is true, but the immune boost did very well, so there now, we go. Okay, we, we, I need to know what you're pouring into me. I really should have asked this question ahead of time. Right. So I'm sitting in a very comfy chair um, across the way from, from Kerry, and we're having this chat. 
And there is something that is the colour of a chartreuse, I think, is the colour. That's the polite <laughs> colour for it. It's, a, it's a, a, almost like a lumo yellow. But uh, it, it's an IV drip of saline solution into which were pumped about three or four different bottles of stuff. Right. What is it? Okay, so these are all vitamins and minerals and amino acids that you make in your body. Nothing, or you get from food. Nothing we're putting in shouldn't be there. Nothing is foreign. So when you get a little bit stressed or tired or older or exercise too much. Why did you give me that look when you said older? The older was the last one I wanted to put in. It wasn't about you, it was about okay. me. Um, it was more, I was looking at you more for the partying one and the traveling one. So Life in general, yeah. okay? It becomes stressful. We deplete our vitamin reserve a lot quicker. We also don't eat as well as we should. There's lots of additives and hormones. And if anyone has gut issues, for example, they can't, or any inflammation issues, Not they absorbing. can't absorb. Absolutely. Exactly. So what we do is we bypass your digestive system, go directly into your bloodstream, which is what gives you 100% absorption. So what we're putting in here, you either get from food or you make in your body. So we've got vitamin B12, neurobian. We've got vitamin B complex, so you're either Bs. We've got magnesium. We've got glutathione. We've got vitamin C. I've added in glutamine and biotin. So can I give you a little bit of a rundown of what the benefits are of all of those? Uh, you've got 30 seconds. Okay. So the one is the jet fuel. So your B complex, B, and your Bs, so that's all about your energy levels. It's about your uh, concentration. It's about your mood. So that's what your Bs do. Okay, those are your happy vitamins and for your energy. It reduces fatigue. Vitamin C helps everything else absorb an immune boost. Uh, your glutathione is for hair and for nails, a lot for the ladies and for your skin as well as it's a detox and also beautiful for immune system. Magnesium helps you sleep nicely, helps with pain and inflammation and headaches. The glutamine is for gut health and also gives you an extra push for gym. And your biotin is your vitamin B7. That is for also for hair and for nails, but also for energy levels. And it kind of opens up the, the brain, the cognitive function. Now, four years ago, yes. you claimed to have sent me an email, which you claim I ignored. And I probably <laughs> looked at it because my natural cynicism is, cuckoo, crackpot science. Yes. Um, but I've been observing you on LinkedIn, which is a very useful tool, a promotional right. tool and an information sharing tool. I'm delighted that I've come and you've stuck this needle into me and I'm getting stuff dripped into my system. It's done on absolute trust. And when do I feel different? So most people will feel the day of. Literally, as you get up, you're going to feel a little bit better. You're getting lots of rehydration. Mm -hmm. I mean, the saline that we're putting in is sodium chloride. That's what you have when you go to hospitals. So that's why this works as a charm for people with hangovers as well. Lots of rehydration. I don't know why you're looking at me like that, yes? <laughs> I would never. Kerry Rudolph, fabulous business, really interesting idea. Um, it may be anecdotal. I played golf two days later. And the best game of golf I've played in an awfully long time. I was more relaxed than normal. Did I concentrate better because of the drip? I don't know the answer to that. But, hey, it was an interesting experience. And you can taste the vitamin B when it goes into your veins. It's weird. Kerry Rudolph, building a great business with very little money. Meetings Africa brings together African continent's best business events, products and services under one roof. At Meetings Africa, businesses get to showcase partners from across the globe. If you're interested in participating at Meetings Africa, visit meetingsafrica.co.za for details and to register. The show takes place at the Santon Convention Centre from the 27th of February to the 1st of March, 2023, just around the corner. Meetings Africa, advancing Africa together.